1: have accessed Entry 384.LV1442, Certificate Number 35059, Drywall.
0: Yeah, I decided that I was tired of doing unsexy topics, and I was going to get down to the sexiest of them all.
1: Finally, we're going to pander... And give the people what they want. That's right. Like when you're in your podcast player and you see a podcast come up, aren't you a little bit sad every time it's not about drywall? Drywall is the topic. When I say dry, you say wall. Dry. Wall. Dry. Wall. Dry. Hot. Hot topic. Hot wall. Now you restored, and
0: by restored, I mean completely remodeled your home a few years ago. Did you venture into a construction site while it was being redone? You must have.
1: Yeah, we lived in the construction site right. while you it was being redone. You lived in the basement, didn't you? Yeah. When they, were, they had to redo some stuff in the basement, so we all moved upstairs. And then they started on the main floor, and we all moved into the basement. It was, it was fantastic.
0: And so drywall must have, been, uh, must have been your friend, right? There was drywall all around.
1: Love drywall. And I've put up drywall myself well, what, in college. When did you do that? Uh, what were you building? friend's uh, family was uh, re-drywalling a garage, but like a huge two-story Wyoming garage, just a cavernous space, like a right. barn in there. And putting up big pieces of drywall above head level is, it takes some doing.
0: It is. It's hard. You need a couple of ladders.
1: So he arranged to get some of his college roommates to come up, and, uh, and I spent the weekend in... Gillette, Wyoming, doing drywall, and just now I'm trying to realize, I'm trying to figure out what it was in exchange for. I don't know what we got. Not for the a free thing. drywall.
0: Uh, were you uh, just a holder upper, or did you have a screw gun at any point and actually put it in?
1: I did both. I. The only thing I really remember from the weekend is going to see the Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie in <clears> a <throat> Gillette, Wyoming theater that left the lights on throughout.
0: <laughs> to which, keep people from uh, their hands straying over into other people's popcorn.
1: Yeah, you don't want any. Uh, any fingering going on during God's one. Tokyo's in danger. I have also... It really ruined my enjoyment of that fantastic movie.
0: I know, you were sitting amongst all your college buddies just hoping to have the wandering hands.
1: No, I just wanted to enjoy a, a, a classic of cinema and... July, I wouldn't lower the lights. Have you ever had a, a your experience of, uh, your movie going experience ruined by an,
0: uh, like a too bright exit sign. <laughs> That's the word. I went to a theater one time and the exit signs were so freaking bright. I couldn't ever get into the film.
1: I really do think maybe they should just say, you know what? We are okay with this number of people dying every year. If the exit door under the screen is not lit. Yeah. It's going to kill a certain number of people. We've done the math. It's 28 and a half people every year. And that's, that's just okay.
0: Or just show it right at the beginning, like, keep the floor <laughs> neat beneath your feet. There's the exit, and then turn it off.
1: Yeah, the nearest exit may be behind you. You don't know. Exactly.
0: Uh, I've also put up a lot of drywall in my day. I've built a couple of music studios. So where, you were
1: doing this for you. You weren't a hired hand.
0: Uh, that's right. It was like, you know, we took over a garage, uh, actually right across the street from Cal Anderson Park. Yeah,
1: I know that building.
0: Yeah, and um, and drywall up and insulation we actually did the thing that you're supposed to do which is build a wall inside of a wall in order to insulate the space for sound and uh i've restored actually you know my mom's house when we were restoring it um we made maybe the big mistake of taking the lath and plaster down and putting drywall up in its stead and the reason was that the the plaster had kind of cr- crumbled behind the wall, so if you if you hit the wall very hard, you would hear the the crumbling. You know, it would kind of crumble behind. And uh, and my mom felt like that was unsafe and weird, and she wanted it to be.
1: You don't want modern. to hear your house crumbling, right. especially when you're in your 70s or 80s. You don't you don't need to be reminded of entropy. Yeah, every second.
0: So just for the futurelings that have never lived in a house, the 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 way that we constructed houses uh prior to the drywall area era, was that you would put up a kind of subwall out of uh rough boards, uh, you know, nailed up lengthwise, and then that would form a kind of um screen over which a qualified plasterer would put a coat of plaster, um, and, like spread it on with a trowel, and it would hang there on this wood uh, matrix and then the plaster would take a long time to harden you know it took it took a while to dry what, like days yeah it would t- you know building a house like putting the plaster up was was a skilled profession and it would take it's a long incredibly time incredibly hard t- very hard
1: to take one of those little flat things and make a flat wall and a wall that you know you're you're actually
0: troweling sm- trowel, you. one of those flat <laughs> or, things or the
1: flat things but you're actually
0: swooshing sp- or splooging the the uh, the plaster in between the uh, the lath, and then it kind of hangs on.
1: Because there's what? There's horizontal gaps horizontal in the lath? Horizontal gaps,
0: right. You put the lath together just far enough apart that you're not like, well, that you give it something to hang on, but close enough together that it's not just going to slide off. And mm-hmm. then like cement, I mean, you have to, the mixture of plaster and water has to be just right so that it doesn't slough off, but also that it's not crumbly. Think about think about putting plaster up on a ceiling. Yeah, I mean, just super hard work.
1: Is that nicer or fancy? Is Latin plaster nicer or fancier in any way beyond the fact that it shows that the house is old and labor saving devices have not been invented yet? I mean, you can
0: you can uh, decoratively trowel plaster, and you see that sometimes in later homes. Oh, sure, I have, a,
1: I have a fresco yeah, in, in, <laughs> right. in my bathroom.
0: But you can do that also over the top of drywall. Um, one of the things that's nicer about it is that, well, when we took the lath and plaster out of my mom's house, we filled up a dumpster with it and it was so heavy that it actually cracked the driveway. (laughs) I mean, that plaster is heavy stuff. So it
1: makes your house sturdier?
0: Yeah. But also, um, as we'll see, it's uh, rot resistant and you, you might think that the wood behind it would be more liable to rot, but in fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's, you know, it, um. Although it is applied wet uh, and takes a long time to dry, once it's on there, you know, it's less it's less susceptible to water.
1: Because drywall does bang up. A kid on a big wheel can do maybe more damage to a sheetrock wall than to a an old plaster wall.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, a plaster – I mean, it is cement. And, and honestly, it's made out of the same stuff. It's made out of gypsum, which is a, a naturally occurring –
1: that's what sheetrock and and wall plaster is made out of. Yeah, it, plaster gypsum is um
0: is a crystal, and it's um you know it's a naturally occurring sort of uh, compound, a uh, what what do you call it a molecule? Crystal distillate. It's, it's a mineral. A, it's a mineral. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for.
1: You thought it was an animal or a vegetable, maybe in, making up the wall, and in, I'm I'm here to tell you it's not. In fact, it's a mineral. It's a
0: mineral. And one of the reasons we call plaster of Paris, plaster of Paris, is that outside of Paris in Montmartre there was a a big gypsum deposit. But but people have been using gypsum as a building material for thousands of years. Uh, it was you know it was discovered that you could wet it, and then do stuff with it. And when it dried, it was, you know, it, it, it solidified and became, again, a kind of, um, it became kind of like a stone. I mean, it, it is alabaster. And so all ancient sculpture done in alabaster uh, is, is just gypsum.
1: I was looking up the etymology of it to see if it was related to you know because gypsy is often said to come from Egypt like as a, as a maybe controversial way to refer to people from nom- India nomadic people yeah right. I think it's said to be related to Egypt but in the case oh. of gypsum it's actually related from the oh it's it's, it's the Greek. same it's the same Greek root as the Italian for where we get gesso the um the sure. stuff you use on a on a canvas before you paint the white plaster you put on a canvas to paint on, which is also, I guess, full of gypsum. Full of gypsum. It's also,
0: I mean, w- it is what we think of as chalk. I mean, chalk that you would use on a blackboard. Um, isn't, chac- isn't chalk calcium carbonate? Well, but-
1: But gypsum contains that.
0: Gyp- and gypsum is, um, yeah, I mean, gypsum is cal- calcium sulfate. Okay. Uh, but what we, what we call blackboard chalk is actually- Oh. Gypsum. We're not like...
1: It's not the seashells from... Right. It's
0: not limestone. Easier to mine gypsum than it is to mine uh, limestone. Um, it's, a, it's a crystal that, you know, that is that naturally is, in its purest form, clear. Um, but...
1: I want a clear drywall in my house.
0: I know. Wouldn't that be hot? But, I mean, mostly it has impurities in it enough that you grind it up and... Uh, mo- the gypsum that we use is actually... Uh, ground into a fine powder. Um, and, and then and is
1: drywall that put into some kind of a goo? Like is, is something holding it all together or is it just straight up plates of gypsum?
0: So drywall was, I mean, you know, lath and plaster is obviously like an expensive and time-consuming and, you know, difficult material to work with. And so in 19, or I'm sorry, in 1888, uh, the first kind of attempt to make this prefabricated wall uh, was attempted in the UK and it was you know it was basically wool felt mm. uh, you know then covered with gypsum, you know wet gypsum which then dried and then another layer of felt and th- these panels kind of were initially uh, it was it was meant to be a kind of fire break because one thing that is true of lath and plaster is if the fire goes up the wall, um, your walls are made of wood, yeah. basically, and it can it can turn into an inferno. And so this was a this was a form of wall that
1: I wouldn't have thought have felt as great fireproofing, but I guess it has enough uh, mineral goop on it.
0: Yeah, that's right. As soon as it's impregnated with water and plaster, it you know it doesn't like catch fire. But it didn't. Uh, it also didn't catch fire as a product. <laughs> um, Very nice. Thank you for a long time. Uh, in the late. 19th century in 1894 a man by the name of Augustine Sackett now this is in the United States uh refined it refined gypsum board into what he called sackett board yeah which was a uh you know more um, the gypsum was sandwiched between sheets of paper uh and it was you know it, the other thing is it enabled the panels to be much thinner than lath and plaster and so lighter weight
1: yeah you're you're wasting a ton of a ton of weight goop. on width. Yeah. Right. You're using more goop than you would have to to make a wall.
0: Using too much goop was a major uh, factor in the turn of the century. Found a Uh The world was like, too much goop. It's the UTMG era. <laughs> How do we limit goop? Um, but it still was considered cheapo by the construction people of the day. It wasn't uh, – there wasn't this, this excitement about modernity and construction – that you saw you saw in the art deco era in the um, la- later on as construction became uh, uh, its own style of uh, uh, expressing modernity we weren't just building big victorian homes anymore
1: yeah i wonder if it's that's the thing most construction is for people who can say cost be damned you know there's there's not some rising class of you know there's no idea that you know society's better if uh real estate's more affordable for working class people right
0: Right, until, you know, until the social movements of the 20th century, right. w- which often were like housing movements. Uh, but in 1910, a company was formed called the U.S. Gypsum Corporation. Uh, they bought Sackett and became the first kind of gypsum conglomerate. Uh, and right at the end of World War One, they invented a product called Sheetrock,
1: that's a trade
0: name. It's a trade name. It's like it's like uh, Xerox or Band-Aid.
1: And has it become genericized like it, Xerox and Band-Aid?
0: It has. So drywall is known by a lot of names. Um, it's called drywall, which it's called that because it's not wet plaster. It's a, it's dry. Fair enough. Uh, it's called also plasterboard, which obviously it's called
1: wallboard. I've heard of wallboard. It's called sheetrock. It's called gypsum board. What happened to sacket board? Uh, sacket board went away. He 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 was shot for the moon, but he didn't get immortalized. It's also a, so I've I have
0: referred to it as all those things, right? You go and you're like, oh, we need to get wallboard for this. Let's get some drywall. Let's get sheetrock. Like all, of, it's unlike Band-Aid or Xerox or um, Scotch tape. It really is
1: a I don't know why I would use one of those terms rather than the other. Is there one that makes me sound like a more seasoned old guy at Home Depot? Well, Sheetrock, again,
0: is is the name of a product that's made by the U.S. Gypsum Corp still to this day. And I think within the construction trades, Sheetrock as a brand is considered a better product. Hmm. but drywall is what it is, and wallboard, these are- Those are off-brand. These are kind of what they are. I'm only
1: going to use a dumpster brand trash receptacle. (laughs)
0: Right. But it's also weirdly, I mean, these are just some names that I heard um, in doing research, but no idea who calls it this. This all seems like something they might say in mobile, but it's called buster (laughs) board and custard board-
1: yeah, this is the kind of thing where you like you take the regional test to see where your accent is from, and that's when you find out that you're a weirdo that calls water fountains bubblers. Yeah, let's
0: or whatever. get on. Let's get ourselves some Buster board and get this house big. Uh, but the Gypsum Corporation uh, developed sheetrock, and again, it was still kind of, um, you know, thought of as a little bit of a shabby way to build. Uh,
1: the gypsum. Are, are there downsides to it that make it less? I guess I just asked this, but, like, are there any downsides? Well, what what was – I mean, there is a kind of
0: uh, – the thicker your wall, the more – I mean, these aren't structural in the sense that they're right. not weight-bearing or load-bearing. The structure is already there. But it does kind of stiffen your structure, right? It feels – It does mine. <laughs> uh, there are – I mean, the advantages are that – it's cheaper to build with, and I don't mean cheaper like right. It's, it's just it's costs you a lot less cost to effective. So, zip this stuff up.
1: So it's universal today,
0: and I think originally, I mean the technology uh, gradually – because you do put and and I, and early on, uh, sheetrock was sold as a thing that you would put plaster over. It actually uh, one of the incarnations of it had little ridges that were meant to hold plaster. But as as um, as the product developed, I think one of the major innovations was they started to um, they started to kind of add porosity to the gypsum, so that you know they they put air into the plaster mixture, so that the boards were lighter and easier to work with. easier to work with. Now, of course, what that did, I mean, one of the properties of the kind of dry gypsum that is inside of wallboard, plus add the porosity in there and it becomes water pregnable. Mm. And one of the downsides of drywall and anyone who's ever had a leak in their roof will know this. It, uh, it sucks up water. Yeah. It becomes kind of stained and unstable and then also uh, becomes a, a vector for mold and mold can actually get inside the, cavities, the porous, you know, cavities of the drywall plaster and become a source of this black mold that then, you know, kills you and creates terrible Mutants. allergies. Uh, and probably most futurelings listening are actually black mold. And I apologize Welcome. for the slur.
1: You, uh, and that's what, this would be less likely to happen with lath and plaster because the water would not, the plaster would be thick enough that the water would never actually get to the boards.
0: Yeah, the, something in the way that the plaster—I mean, the plaster—is very thick and and once dry, much more difficult to saturate to the point that it that it liquefies. And drywall is a much—it's a much drier kind of sandier. It's right there in the name, construction, right?
1: Is uh, you still need some kind of goop with drywall, right? Just
0: well, in order to make the wall look seamless, yes, you've got to goop edges. Yeah, you have to. Um, you have to kind of add mud, what what they call mud, which is, um, you know, an evening. What is evening, mud? I, guess, I would guess that mud is you also it's,
1: gypsum. You think it's just, it's just wet it, gypsum? It's just plaster? It's not actually mud of any kind?
0: What it turns out is that everything is made of gypsum, <laughs> including you and me. It's gypsum all the way down. Now, gypsum is an amazing... Um, is amazing for a few other reasons and one is that it is uh it's an additive in fertilizer. Gypsum performs uh you know it's it's a um, it's a way to remove saline from the soil. It, it 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 adds it imparts better flavor to growing vegetables.
1: Have we been bought out by big
0: gypsum? Well this is the problem and I'm it, referring to Is
1: this entry brought to you by <laughs>
0: I'm referring to, uh, to these products by name. And of course I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just selling it to you. Although we're going to see in a second, the gypsum industry is not without its controversy. Uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of gypsum in the world and. Is there enough? Well, this is the thing, right? There's, um, they estimate that there's 300 years worth of gypsum. Left that's kind of mineable.
1: Starting from now, or starting from the beginning of the gypsum era I in think, 1820, or I think whatever may, it was. maybe
0: starting from now. Okay. Although it may not surprise you that China has uh, a lot more gypsum than anywhere else. There are 132 thousand thousand metric tons. Now, how much is a thousand thousand? That's a million. That's right. So 132 million metric tons of gypsum in in China that's available, uh, that's been discovered, I guess, and. Um, and then you know the uh, Iran and Thailand are in the in the game they're in the gypsum game. The United States only has eleven million eleven million five hundred thousand usable tons of gypsum available.
1: We have a gypsum gap there's gentlemen a, there's a gypsum gap well, I mean China does have a lot more people to put in housing, so
0: they do, and I think probably drywall now is a is a major Chinese export probably. export. There's one advantage we have in gypsum, and that is... Tell a, me so I can cling to it. Well, this is it. Uh, it's the White Sands National Park in uh, New Mexico. Yes. The White Sands Missile Range, and now White the, the, Sands... The, the testing ground? Do we still test stuff there? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm afraid we do. Uh, White Sands, what used to be a national monument, uh, Herbert Hoover made it a national monument, and... We love you, Herbert Hoover. Here's here's a weird, weird factoid. Maybe not weird, but um, it became a national monument because Albert Fall, uh, a politician from New Mexico, oh. owned a giant ranch and didn't want a bunch of gypsum min- miners coming around ruining his um, his vistas. And so Albert Fall really lobbied throughout the 20s to have uh, this uh, White Sands earmarked as a national monument and then albert fall became the secretary of the interior
1: and well, so not a very good one right the well, story doesn't end there he's, he's <laughs> like fa- famously corrupt secretary of the interior who got um took the fall for teapot dome that's right that's right
0: albert fall he went to prison has a ha- had an inglorious history um but he did manage to get the White Sands National Monument declared a, a, an off limits zone, although not a, off limits to the Army, who tests <laughs> right. their missiles all around the National Monument. What a
1: heroic early NIMBY. <laughs> Thank you, Albert Fall. Thank you.
0: Sorry about Teapot Dome. That was kind of a bummer. Uh, White Sands was upgraded from a national monument to a national park by none other than Donald Trump as late as
1: 2019. I didn't know White Sands was a national park now. It is. It just made the, It just got over the line. If I was one of those national park completists that has to go to every park, boy, would I be scurrying for southern New Mexico right now.
0: Yeah, you would be super bummed. Um, white Sands has gypsum. It's made entirely of gypsum. Is that why the sand is so white? That's why the sand is so white. Otherwise,
1: it's, it would just be called regular color sands.
0: It's gypsum that was... Um, Washed down during the glacial period or the, 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 uh, end of the glacial period when that was all a giant, a giant lake, uh, it was washed down out of the mineral deposits up in the mountains and then became as the lake evaporated, uh, this giant gypsum zone, uh, where the gypsum is 30 feet deep on the ground wow, and has wind blown dunes up to 60 feet tall. Of gypsum. Of gypsum. And the gypsum in White Sands equals 4.5 billion tons of gypsum. It is the largest gypsum uh, repository anywhere in the world.
1: We are saying the word gypsum an awful lot. It's a good word, though. Gypsum. Gypsum.
0: But but it's now off limits to the construction industry because it's a national park. Oh.
1: So we have- That that seems like that would not- that would not have troubled Trump's Interior Department.
0: No, not at all. But it's um, <laughs> right. They 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 love to stand in the in the way of of commerce and industry in order to protect the environment. One of the reasons is that there are uh, there's an incredible diversity of species living in what would seem to be a uh, very a inhospitable
1: place, devoid of life, in inorganic gypsum sand. Both, who, who lives there?
0: Both flora and fauna. Um, well. The bleached, earless lizard lives there.
1: <laughs> Where else would they go?
0: Right. Uh, they're bleached for obvious reasons, to protect them from
1: well, they, hawk. you got to blend in with the white sands.
0: Uh, it's not clear why they're earless, although, although scientists...
1: Well, hold on. It's an earless lizard. Yeah. Aren't all lizards earless? No, I think lizards... When's the last yeah. thing you saw a lizard walking around with big... Uh, Ear lobes. Well, just because you
0: know, don't don't be so uh, don't be so normative. The the you can have ears and not have them be big.
1: Oh, ears. they don't even have holes in their heads. These lizards have no ears, no ear structure, well, and yet. Well, so, the great thing is we can just talk all the crap about them we want. That's right. They,
0: they won't know. Well, they're not listening to this podcast, nor are their descendants. But um, the scientists that are you know that are that got bored trying to tell if your plants were sad have tested the earless lizard, and they can hear. Maybe through their feets, hmm. you know, lizards got feets.
1: They, they've got a work They're like Daredevil. Their other sentences have been heightened.
0: Yes, uh, there are forty-five different spe- species that are endemic to uh, the White Sands Park, meaning uh, that they own, they only exist there, not anywhere
1: else. Forty of those are moths.
0: <laughs> so it uh, depends on how you feel about moths.
1: This does seem like there's, it's, it's ripe for some kind of spotted owl backlash from the gypsum industry. Who's going to say, what, you're going to put America's mom-and-pop gypsum out of work for uh, a 40 species of moth? Yeah, it does feel a little bit like the uh, Arctic oh. National Wildlife Refuge, too. Ar- doesn't that have good animals?
0: Well, it does. Big. It has big... F- Fauna has big feet. But if you're, you know, that's just like fauna prejudice. If you want, if you think big fauna are bigger, better than little fauna.
1: Really? If you're going to go to a zoo, what are you going to see first? The moose and the polar bear? Right. Or the chinchilla and the earless lizard?
0: The thing is you can put an earless lizard in a terrarium in your house. Can you do that with a polar bear?
1: Yes, but it would have to be a a really big, it would, the sides would be made of transparent gypsum drywall.
0: Right. It would be a Jeff Bezos thing. Meet George Gypsum, but you know, at some point, we're trying. They've been trying to drill in the uh, the Arctic uh, Wildlife Refuge for uh, basically my whole life. They're, they're doing a terrible job. Yeah, the maybe envir- they need to switch drill bits or something. The environmentalists are very strong. It's it's uh, in Alaska, but there will come a day, three hundred years from now, where where yeah, the building industry is like we're out of gypsum.
1: We're having to buy it from the Chinese. White Sands is the the new Anwar.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh but gypsum became, or rather, wallboard and specifically sheetrock uh, became a major industry immediately after World War II, and you can imagine why. Which is uh that there was a baby boom and all these returning veterans and a huge housing boom. Uh from 1946 to 1960, 21 million homes were built in the United States. To contain all these moms and pops, all the, all the, the, the ward little, cleavers. The little
1: new GI Bill families. Right. Uh,
0: the, the American outer ring of every city is full of these little mid-century modest homes. levittowns towns. All made of wallboard, uh, because you're throwing these houses up and you need, you need to, um, have an efficient and clean, uh, you know, like industrial product to get this work done.
1: I mean, think how fast all those houses went up. Yeah, no lath and plaster guy is going to be able to do that.
0: And I think you know, probably at some point the electric drill made it even faster. I've never put up wallboard with nails. Can you imagine doing it
1: with nails? Ugh.
0: I wow. mean, I've I've taken wallboard down that was nailed up, and it's amazing to think that these uh, these effectively carpenters were hammering this stuff up with the with these wide head nails. Now we do it. We zip it in with wallboard zip, zippers, zip, zip. but uh, you know, or, or originally advertised as fireproof. Now they were um, they were just a kind of ubiquitous building material. Uh, one also downside is that termites actually like to eat not the gypsum. They can't eat the gypsum. It's not organic, al- although it is edible. Uh, no. Gypsum is also used as a Gypsum is used as a kind of it's it's used as a coagulant in food. Like the reason that tofu isn't just a liquidy mush. Thank you, gypsum. Is that they, they add gypsum to it and it solidifies. So the firmer your tofu, the more wallboard you're eating. <laughs>
1: without 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 to- gypsum, bean curd is just bean. It wouldn't even curd. There it is. Um, so gypsum
0: became a. Uh, like, a, or a rather wallboard and, and sheetrock became a, an incredibly widespread material. Anytime you drive on the United States interstate, you're going to see big semis go by laden with drywall. Or tofu. Trying to de- desperately trying to outrun the rain, presumably. <laughs> uh, oh, gypsum, I'm sorry, termites eat the paper. Uh. Uh, they love the paper and glue, I guess and so termites can do damage to your wall-boarded home by eating the paperweight the of and then the crumb you know the the internal uh, gypsum crumbles and falls out i mean what an indignity
1: just make the paper some flavor they don't like pistachio or cantaloupe or whatever it is termites don't like uh, my experience is that termites love cantaloupe and pistachio
0: they're <gasps> you know they're Those are the worst things i could have picked they're not they're not picky eaters at all um so your typical wallboard, wallboard in the United States and, and European wallboard and American wallboard have different dimensions and are different—not different products, but you know, different mentalities in in um, construction. I guess American houses have big, big expanses of wall, and so their are, panels are bigger. You just want
1: to walk into your McMansion and see that big, mm. showy two-story entry. Everything in America is
0: bigger. God darn it, too big. Gosh darn it. If you ask me, uh, but our uh, you know the most common drywall in the United States is a half inch thick, and the panels weigh about fifty pounds. Uh, and so, although it, although you kind of you imagine that builders make walls that are dimensions that. That would receive the a an even friendly? panel. Yeah. In fact, wallboard waste is one of the major sort of waste elements of uh, the construction Just industry. Just like
1: the edges of the gingerbread after the cookies. cut. Exactly.
0: They in order to to wallboard a room, uh, you're often cutting off a portion of every panel. Sometimes the top, sometimes the sides. You're trying to any any place you've got a window. Right, you've got to put a portion of, a, of wallboard there. And so- What happens to the, the spare ends? Well, up to 17% of all construction waste is wallboard garbage, which goes in dumpsters and- But we're running out. Well, yeah, and it then get, ends up in in landfills. But wallboard that sits in a landfill- and gets rained on and combines with other garbage produces hydrogen sulfide. So land, it's one of the many ugly off gases of, um, of a landfill is this decaying wallboard. So there's now part of the, in the eco construction, uh, innovations, there's a recognition at least among progressive builders that, that this gypsum is recyclable. And that, uh, that the the demolition aspect of it or the, the waste aspect should sequester the wallboard ends uh, separately from all the other garbage and then send those off. But, I mean, this is incurring ex- extra expense at every
1: level. But you could send it off to somebody just trying to build a little house. Yeah, right. Like a treehouse, oh, yeah, I mean, or a dollhouse. Each each level of construction, you know, <laughs> right. should
0: hey, here's the little ends of two by fours. That, now
1: that's a birdhouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it gets down to model little, railroad buildings, little mouse house. I mean, because you couldn't just grind it up; it's got paper on it now, right? So it you'd does, have, but you have to filter it out.
0: There is it, it is recyclable, uh-huh. right? You can um, the the gypsum companies uh, increasingly are making wallboard from other uh from old walls yeah. uh and so that is part of the part of the industry but and you know and, uh, it should be noted that uh that the wallboard industry is extremely competitive um so much so that it, uh, well, there used to be big deposits of uh, or i think still are Big deposits of gypsum in Nova Scotia, and um, and there were uh, there were like black market gypsum exchanges happening between the United States and Nova Scotia because you know they were they were evading taxes and evading oh
1: between U S just U S businesses they yeah. were illegally getting Nova Scotian. Gypsum?
0: That turned into uh, enough of a conflict that it was described as the, and this is in the 20s, it was described as the Plaster Wars, uh, or, or a Plaster War, it's still f- kind of, it's like in the Nova Scotia tourist, uh, I- anytime you go to Nova Scotia and read a pamphlet, they're definitely going to refer to the Plaster Wars, kind of like San Juan Island does with the Pig War.
1: If I ever meet the members of Sloan, I'm going to ask them what they think about that. Yeah, tell me about this.
0: But there, um, there's a lot of controversy even now uh, within the wallboard industrial community. We use so much wallboard in the United States that even though um, even though the United States Gypsum Corporation is the the maker of sheetrock and still the the big player, there are a lot of other players and. Just recently, there was a, a a major price fixing scandal among all of the different wallboard makers. They're an evil cartel. I love it. They are. And in two thousand eighteen, uh, the wallboard makers were collectively sued for price fixing, and without you know they kind of Alfred plead out of it without acknowledging any actual guilt. Um, They paid $191 million into a fund, which, of course, you know, obviously they're not guilty because uh, non-guilty parties would would pay
1: $200 million into a fund every day. I I have a house with drywall. I feel like I I should be part of this class action suit.
0: Yeah, and I wonder wonder who, in fact, did benefit from it. Um, But the following companies, Eagle Materials, American Gypsum. Now you're uh, calling them out. New National
1: Gypsum. We just don't care anymore.
0: Pabco. Yeah, we're uh, taking down Pabco. Also, you know, Georgia Pacific got into the game, and uh, and a subsidiary of uh, U.S. Gypsum. They all kind of were collectively sued and paid into this big, this big fund. It's
1: like the it's like the big tobacco lawsuit. Yeah. Except nobody got sick. They just paid too much for their contractor.
0: But in uh, in researching. The uh, the scandalous price fixing and antitrust um, because Georgia Pacific didn't just price fix; they actually bought up a bunch of small wallboard companies and tried to like corner some aspect of the market. You know, they're not troubling U.S. gypsum, the big the big multi billion dollar company, nine hundred pound gorilla, which also incidentally a portion of U.S. gypsum is owned by. Berkshire Hathaway because somehow <laughs> he knows what's up. He g- he goes out and gets every little corner of like, "Oh, do you make railroad lanterns?" Well, <laughs> that seems like a like a brick and mortar bil- uh, business we're going to invest in. He's not built he's not making
1: apps, in other words. Right. Cuz you know, apps can go away, but we're always going to need drywall and railroad lanterns.
0: But it turns out there were multiple like the gypsum wallboard industry has been the source of multiple price fixing and uh, antitrust actions over the decades. In the twenties, in the forties, and in the seventies, the wallboard makers all had to be brought to account for their uh, for like illicit deals.
1: I assume it's because when you make a really boring commodity, you're aware of that, and you wish you were in something more glamorous. You know all the drywall billion millionaires wish they were uranium millionaires, right? You know?
0: They're like fixing the un- onion futures. Exactly. It never happens, it never happens in the you know, in like uh making something cool like well, sports cars. It, I guess it does happen in the cocaine industry. Do <laughs> you think? You think there's abuses in the cocaine industry? <laughs> I think <laughs> that if we have the ability to level uh, level antitrust uh litigation against the cocaine Producers, yeah. I think there'd be some violations All these
1: big gypsum guys just want the glamorous life that they see on Narcos. And as a result, they cut corners. Well, literally. And that concludes Drywall. Entry 384.LV1442. Certificate number 35059. In the Omnibus. Futurelings, uh, you can find the Omnibus on social media at omnibusproject.com. Uh, should that tickle your fancy for whatever reason? I'm at Ken Jennings. Uh, John, you can find via his Patreon. We have a Patreon as well for the show. If you feel like other your other entertainment options are not giving you enough drywall-based content, our Patreon is super duper cool. Our show is often dry, but rarely about walls.
0: Yeah, uh, the termites do not like the edges of our show.
1: Uh, our show has been termite-free for 354. Shows. That's our motto. And we do not want to reset that sign. Uh, So please, if you uh, enjoy Omnibus, consider contributing at patreon.com slash omnibusproject. You can email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. You can send us physical artifacts at P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington 98155. For example, Mike, uh, who is constantly troubling us on our Patreon addenda show, we do a weekly bonus show for Patreon, or a monthly bonus show for Patreon donors. Uh, and Mike is our number one corrector. Uh, he has sent us a buzzer, a USB buzzer, which I've just plugged in and maybe is installing malware on my laptop. I don't oh, know. dear. Oh, dear. What do you think this is going to do when I press it?
0: Oh, uh, it, it looks like the buzzer from Sorry, the the, the old
1: board game. Yeah, or, or Taboo or something. Is it
0: going to go? Nah. I assume it's just
1: going to buzz. Let's see What's what this it? is for. What did it do? <laughs> it didn't do anything. Oh, here it here it is. I shouldn't have used the USB at all. Here we go. This is Mike again. Mike, for a third time. Come on. Should we change the name of the Addenda show? To, to answer Mike's questions or to, to take Mike's comments, Mike Denda? It's always good to have a buzzer that, that has a long snippet of dialogue. W- why would we ever
0: have occasion to use that buzzer? Did we say something like that at the end of that show?
1: Well, let me tell you, John.
0: Yes. Well done.
1: Thank you, Mike, for, the, for that addenda. See how this comes up all the time?
0: Yeah. You
1: mm-hmm. should just take this to parties. Mike. And if somebody named Mike tells you something that's a bit of an addition to something that somebody's already said. Let's just say, well, well done. You can just press that button. Mike again. Mike. Mike, for a third time. Come on. Should we change the name of the addenda show? It's confusing so, because so both of us would have to questions questions be there. Yeah. To take Mike's comments?
0: Mike, uh, thank you for sending us that. As soon as we're done here, uh, Ken is going to try and figure out how to reprogram that to say something that we might say.
1: It turns out that you can get anything you want on this show if you just send it to us in buzzer form. Yeah, We, we, can't, we can't resist a big shiny red button. We enjoyed it, though. Thank you, Mike. But we could also just say those things. We don't need a buzzer that does our voices. Mm. We can do good impressions of us.
0: You do an impression of me.
1: Uh, you do an impression of me. Wow. Isn't that uncanny? I sound kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Durr, durr, durr. Uh, you do <laughs> I me. haven't been on jeopardy <laughs> and then uh Soren uh an Iranian- American listener uh does he, us, does he specify that thanks us for yes well thanked us for send us um Soren
0: isn't really an Iranian name two O's
1: oh two O's Soren Soren. Uh, sent us uh, some money with the ayatollah on it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. But I also, love that. But also each of us got some kind of a tile. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Related to Aya Nasir, the uh, famous historically terrible purveyor of copper.
0: Oh, look at that. Fine quality copper. It's his... uh it's his logo. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got new stuff for trade shows. I didn't. That's weird that he, he that it was written in English.
1: <laughs> Thank you, uh, Soren. Show me the
0: Ayatollah uh, dollars. That's what they're called, Ayatollah dollars.
1: Uh, they were in this letter, and...
0: You lost the Ayatollah dollars.
1: Oh, no. Unbelievable. Come on, Ken. I'm not just the great Satan, but I'm times the waste in here. Here it is. I found it. Oh. He's just looking at you like he's kind of looking sideways like you are the great Satan, aren't you? He
0: is. Yeah, he, he wants to avert his gaze. He doesn't want to
1: see me. You well, he's he's afraid he might see a, a woman, perhaps. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Soren, for uh the uh <laughs> the copper the copper merch and the uh, post-revolution Iranian money. Uh, you can find other you can find your fellow futurelings at uh, the futurelings groups on mm-hmm. Facebook and Discord and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. And pff, what did I not say? That might have been it.
0: I feel like you got everything. I right? was so Oh f- no, you didn't say the. Did you say the address?
1: The mailing address? Yeah, I think I did. PO Box five five seven four four Shoreline Washington nine eight one five five.
0: Futurelings from our vantage point in your distant past. We have no idea how long our civilization survived. We try every episode to... To uh, end the world. To record an episode that is under an hour long. Ken says, every time, I want to do a 45-minute episode. And every time we do an hour and eight-minute long
1: episode. No matter what.
0: Now, I don't know why we end a lot of these episodes going, that had to have been a short one. And I was like, nope, an hour three. But today, we're coming in... Right at forty-five, and that's so exciting to us. Now you may feel it's because I have
1: to go to the doctor.
0: Yeah, you may feel now that I just used gypped in the wrong way. Don't say that. You may you may feel like you've gotten not gotten your free dollars worth, not gotten your your Iranian Reals worth. But um but we're very proud because Ken has to go to the doctor. Anyway, we hope and pray that the catastrophe of short omnibus episodes may never again come. But actually, we wanted to make it more 45 minutes. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. But if providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in The Octopus.